Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Managing the Mitten, the podcast that discusses all things property management. I'm your host, Morgan Detvey, the Director of Property Management for Rental Management One. And today joining me, I have a special co-host, our very own Maintenance Director, Randy Ostrom. Hello, everyone. How you doing, Randy? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. So I wanted you to be on the show today to discuss the very important topic of maintenance. Uh, but before we get into our topic of the day, I wanted to take a few minutes to get to know you. As the maintenance director, you have a very important role of kind of keeping things together and kind of like the puppet master of property management. But a lot of the work you do happens um, behind the scenes. So I wanted to take a few minutes to get to know you personally. Um, so first, have you always lived in Michigan? Uh, yes, my whole life, 44 years, I've lived in Michigan, right in the uh, this area, actually. Davisburg, Holly, Grand Blank. Awesome. So tell us about your family. Uh, I am the youngest of five and my uh, <clears throat> family, what's it called? The uh, family that live in my house. <laughs> the Your immediate family. My immediate family. Yep. Yes. Uh, I've been married to my wife for 24 years. So that's a long time of cleaning someone's underwear, if you ask me, but <laughs> still sticks by me. And then I have uh, two children. I have a 20-year-old that's attending Michigan State University, Spartion. And then I have a 14-year-old uh, daughter. Ah, <laughs> uh, so the 14-year-old daughter is probably why you don't have any hair left? That is a lot, yes. <laughs> yep, she, uh, well, both of them. All of them, really. So what is your favorite vacation destination? I, uh, you know, I like a staycation, honestly, just to sit at home and stare at the wall. But if I was to go somewhere, I really enjoy uh, Michigan's Upper Peninsula. That's, uh, that's my kind of place. Awesome. Uh, what are your favorite hobbies or things you like to do in your spare time? Uh, I have a lot of hobbies, a lot. So I hope you have a minute. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm an avid outdoorsman. I love the outdoors. I'm an amateur ornithologist. Uh, so I love studying birds, watching birds. Um, I enjoy woodworking. Um, I also enjoy painting. Are you going to be selling that painting on this episode? Uh, I also enjoy guitar playing. I just picked up the guitar uh, during this uh, pandemic, so I'm not real good at it. But, um, but yeah, I enjoy everything outdoors. I don't awesome. do it much anymore, but a lot of hunting, fishing, and loving every day. Okay. All right. Uh, can you do any impersonations? Uh, you know, my impersonations are really around entertaining children. So it's a lot of Sesame Street uh, okay. imitations. So <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of Cookie Monster. Okay. <laughs> Uh, then I also like Grover, but Grover's also the same person that was Yoda. So it's a lot of ah, Skywalker. <laughs> Use the force near okay. Those are really good. A little frightening, but they're really good. And I heard you do a great Chewy impression. Oh, yeah. I am a Star Wars fan, like I said. <laughs> oh, a man of many talents. I could do the rest of the podcast in Chewy if you want. Then you could just put <laughs> subtitles under it. Uh, uh, next time. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, 
So what do you like most about what you do? You know, that's a very loaded question because there is a lot that I do. What I enjoy the most is something different every day. So it could be moving appliance one day to figuring out a plumbing puzzle the next day. Mm -hmm. uh, so the diversity and the chain or the different things that I do each day is uh, uh, I, I enjoy doing that. But most of all, yeah. what I really enjoy doing is when I leave a home, I know that I helped that person for that day and being able to help another human being is very satisfying. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right. What is one of the craziest things that has happened to you at work in property management? I mean, we have some really crazy things. People don't even believe half the stories that we have, but what is one of the craziest things that's happened to you while working in maintenance? Um, there's, yeah, I can't even think of one. I would think probably one of the, uh, more touching things that happened to me, if, if, if that's a good word to use was, um, no, not that kind of touching. But uh, as I was driving down the road, because a lot of what I do is driving. I mean, I'm driving from one location to the other. Um, I was driving down uh, in the slow lane. Uh, a pickup truck with a trailer passed me. It went up there and got in front of a semi. Well, then I pulled to get in front of the semi. And that tr tr truck and trailer, pickup truck and trailer, lost a tire. And that tire from the trailer rolled back right into the grill of the semi-truck. If that tire had came back into the Ford Transit van that I drive, which I don't know if you've ever seen those, but the majority of them is windshield. In the mm -hmm. That would have went right in and then like an instant, mm -hmm. you know, your life has changed. And so mm -hmm. that's one of those things that, you know, you can only really control what you can control. And it just kind of put things into perspective that, man, you got to really value every day. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy and super deep. Um, when I thought of this question for you, I thought of um, some of the like crazier things that we've been uh, involved in together. Um, like uh, people don't think about it, but in property management, uh, you're dealing with people's homes and the majority of people pass away from natural causes at home. And so we've had our share of people who have deceased uh, in their homes and uh, they don't always have family that are uh, close by to be able to call and come and help out. So we had a situation where uh, an individual uh, was deceased um, and left behind uh, two cats. <laughs> and uh, that, uh, you know, that's one of the things you talked about, having something different to do every day. Who would have thought that your role for maintenance that day would become animal control uh -huh. and you would have had to uh, catch this, these uh, cats. And it wasn't an easy feat. Uh, if I recall, no, they were not friendly <laughs> and they did not like strangers. And uh, yeah, a cat wrangling was very, was a big part of that day. In fact, I think we had to tear, tear apart a couch in order to get up in there to get the cat out. And then once we did get the cats and we got them in a box and in a, a carrying a, a crate, uh, finding a place to take them was another thing because the Humane Society didn't want them. Uh, yep. They were full. Animal control would not come and get them. We ended up having to uh, take them over to Pontiac to a place that, you know, it, it was able to take them. And I think yeah. the uh, assistant that I had at the time, he was able to kind of uh, 
bad his eyes and kind of sweet talk the girl into taking them. That was pretty yeah, amazing. I remember that. That's crazy. I mean, there's there's been many things. I mean, cutting dead squirrels out of walls, and you know, uh, having a uh, injured or uh, injured. I can't remember if it was a possum or raccoon. Yes. In a, in a parking lot that had to be handled. So, I mean, maintenance really handles a lot of things and wears uh, a bunch of hats. So we definitely appreciate you. Um, you. So uh, now to our topic on property maintenance, we get the question a lot from um, owners, clients, um, even agents. Uh, They wonder if property management and property maintenance are the same thing. And though it does uh, seem like they'd be similar, they are two very different things. Property management encompasses everything needed to manage a property, including marketing, leasing, accounting, all the administrative tasks, um, doing inspections, getting it certified with the property uh, or with the city. Um, But property maintenance is is a separate piece, and it is the physical maintaining of the property. Um, A good PM uh, property management company should facilitate and coordinate that maintenance for you, but it's it's not always the case. And so any prospective client or landlord who's considering using a property management company really wants to ask those questions and find out, do you handle the property maintenance? So uh, today I want to talk about like the three aspects of property maintenance, because it really can be broken up into kind of three categories. And I think you're the best person to uh, have explained these categories to us. So uh, the first one that we're going to talk about today is preventative maintenance. So Randy, you want to explain kind of what preventative maintenance is? Yeah. So preventative maintenance would be things that you uh, do periodically in order to maintain something. So, uh, and that's going to cut down the cost further down the road. So say like, uh, for instance, the first one you have up there is furnace filters. You know, it's recommended that depending on the quality of the furnace filter, that you would replace it every three to six months. So that that means that the tenant or the uh, whoever's in charge of that needs to kind of keep track of that because the furnace filter can really change the, um, uh, the efficiency of your furnace, your air quality. So that's something to stay on top of. The next one there is smoke detector batteries. Now it's um, <clears throat> recommended that you change your smoke detector batteries at least every six months or twice a year. Um, so I know a, a lot of people, they'll change them at daylight savings time. So when it begins in the spring and when it ends in the fall, or I don't know, does it begin in the fall and end in the, well, however, it's a daylight savings. You change the clocks. It's the thing, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's twice a year. And that's just a good way of remembering a when to change it. But a lot of times now the, um, smoke detectors come with an internal battery that you can't change and they're good for 10 years. So you don't have to change those. You can set those up. Um, and then after the 10 years, they'll give you a warning beep that they, the whole thing needs to be replaced. Um, and also there's smoke detectors that can be hardwired in. So it just depends on what you have really. Awesome. Uh, the next one there is running toilets. So, uh, a running toilet water constantly running that, is not a good thing. Even though we live in Great Lakes, around the Great Lakes, um, Michigan really don't have a problem with water, really. However, you do have a problem if you have to pay for it. Yeah, so if you sure. have a constant running toilet, uh, yeah, that's an easy fix. Um, that's just something that, that you don't want to let just go. And then, of course, checking for leaks underneath sinks and underneath the uh, bathroom sinks and stuff. You want to make sure that you don't have any of those because if you have a leak, that can create 
another problem. It can deteriorate the, the wood underneath, the floor underneath, the subfloor underneath, and you can start to have mold or mildew issues, which everybody would want to avoid. So, yeah, checking leaks is another uh, big yeah. part of preventative maintenance. That scary M word we never want to hear in property management. Uh, so uh, the next the next uh, heading or the next uh, category of maintenance would be uh, emergency maintenance. So you want to talk about um, how a property management company kind of coordinates those repairs and examples of those repairs? Yeah, sure. So so as you got listed there, emergency maintenance, which there are so many different calls that come in that it just depends on what the tenant views as an emergency. So. Um, for instance, you got listed their plumbing issues. If your water heater goes out and you have no hot water, to them, that's an emergency. But is it really? I mean, mm -hmm. you can live without hot water. However, if your drain is backing up, or uh, like you said next there, your sub pump failing, that's going to cause a flood in the basement. That's going to cause property damage. So really, emergency maintenance is anything that could cause property damage. Mm -hmm. For instance, that goes right into the next one there, no heat and frozen pipes. So if your furnace isn't working, it's uh, 10 degrees. Yeah, you, you, you're going to want to call that yeah. in so we can get somebody out there as soon as possible. And of course, roof leaks. Uh, I don't know if you've ever sat in a house and had to put a pan out in the living room to catch a roof leak. But uh, <laughs> even though you can bond over those kind of moments with your family, it's not really something that's enjoyable. So no, no. And is, isn't it that emergency calls always come at four o'clock on a Friday? <laughs> Oh, exactly. Yep. Of course. Four o'clock on a Friday when you just took your boots off and then you get yep. that emergency call or 3 a.m. That's another good time to get yeah. one of those emergency calls. Right when you're in your deep uh, REM sleep, you get, <laughs> right. get woken up by a, a sewer backing up. But um, it's one of those uh, perks of using a property management company because a landlord or, or um, homeowner who has a property management company doesn't have to get woken up. They don't have to get those calls in the middle of the night and they can kind of leave them to uh, someone to coordinate on their behalf. Um so the next um, and kind of uh, a uh, brushed over category, I say, uh, because there's not a lot of time spent on this one, but it is super important, is the turnover maintenance. So um, just in case someone hasn't heard that term before, Randy, what is turnover maintenance? So turnover would be when one tenant moves out and then you have to prepare the unit for somebody to move in. And so the turnover maintenance has got to be quick. It's got to be efficient because the... the uh, least amount of time you have a tenant in there, the least amount of money you're collecting for having someone in there. So just mm -hmm. some of the uh, aspects of the turnover maintenance that are, uh, that are, that happen is um, you repair the drywall, any holes that could be in there from uh, uh, pitcher hangers or whatever, you, you'd repair the, the drywall, then you would paint it a neutral color, uh, the carpet, uh, you'd have that cleaned uh, by a professional comes in and steam cleans the carpet and gets that all nice. Um, if it can't be fixed, there's we have really good vendors that can uh, do amazing things, even if they have to dye the carpet around it to get it to match, or they can, worst case scenario, tear it up and put new in. The, uh, the best time to do that is when uh, the unit is vacant. And to skip yeah. ahead, like you, upgrades, that's the best time to do that, too, is when the unit is vacant. If you're putting in new uh, uh, kitchen cabinets, new fixtures, all of that stuff is way easier to do when you're not working around a tenant schedule and uh, when all of this stuff is out of the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Tenant damages you have listed there. I'm sorry to skip around on the list, but no, it's tenant, like tenant damages, those things there, you have to correct that before someone else moves in. That way, the new people that move in, they know the, uh, the line or the what's expected of them. The when standard, they move yeah. 
So yeah, um, and that tenant damages that and could include a trash out. That's a lot of the stuff. People just leave stuff behind, and that stuff all has to come out, no matter what it is. What's the craziest thing you've had left in a house? A dead squirrel. Just <laughs> um, I, I, I've had people leave an entire like everything. They just yeah. left, it was like a um, I don't know, like a hoarding situation. But they had bags of garbage left. There was mm -hmm. uh, uh, cooking utensils and pans that was just left. It was pretty much an entire trash out, including <clears throat> a bed that had. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll call it bottom. <laughs> a, a bed that had that. It required a hazmat suit to wear in order to get it out of there. All the carpet yeah. was tore out in the flooring. Even a lot of the flooring had to be tore out and redone because it was left just a just a disaster. I was going to say, I've had similar situations where the tenant just skips in the middle of the night and leaves their whole house, but I've had tenants leave behind uh, bed bugs, um, their pets, which is always like heartbreaking and terrible, but they leave behind their pets. Um, but yeah, people um, leave behind, uh, uh, we found in a house, uh, I can't remember what year ago, but a um, like original Joe Lewis uh, boxing announcement poster um, that someone just left and didn't want anymore, ended up being worth some money. Um, so yeah, people do leave some crazy stuff behind, but, um, back to turnover maintenance, like you said, the quicker that that maintenance can be done, the quicker we can get a new tenant in there and kind of minimize the uh, rent loss for the owner. Um, and so the, the time to start thinking about turnover maintenance is before the tenant even vacates. So when a, you know, tenant's given a 30 day notice, that's when you want to start evaluating what you want to do. If you want to make upgrades, if you want to do some repairs, that's the time to start doing it. So it's really important. And like you said, when a tenant um, is moving in, you want to have a standard that you uh, know the house is in move-in condition. There were no holes. The, the house was cleaned. Um, by skipping on those things, it really hurts your case at the end of their lease to charge that new tenant for damages mm -hmm. because you aren't able to prove that it was in you know perfect condition when they moved in. And establishing wear and tear in Michigan is really the obligation of the landlord. So by skipping out on those repairs, it can um, definitely hinder you know, future collections. So they're all super important um, uh, areas of maintenance and things that we at Rental Management One handle uh, because of our maintenance department. So Randy, is our maintenance department um, just you or what is that made up for? How, uh, of, how do we uh, fulfill the maintenance request? Well, when a request comes in from a tenant, the manager has to approve it. And the manager would get that approval from the owner. Then once that's approved, it comes on to me and I have a whole list of vendors that can help if I'm personally not able to do it. Uh, a lot of things I'm personally able to do, um, but if it gets to be too extreme, uh, if it's something that I'm not comfortable with, or if it uh, requires more people, sometimes we have to bring in a vendor. Um, I'm not a one-man crew, even though I like to try to think that I am. Um, I have limits the same as everyone else. We do have one other uh, maintenance employee that uh, he works solely at a apartment complex, so I can call him in if we do need an extra hand or some more muscle uh, for a job that RMO can't do. Um, but yeah, we have that big list of vendors that uh, are really yeah. good because we've uh, worked really hard to get the best, the best yeah. of the best, and, and give us the best price. So that's true. You know, 
And that's a nice segue into our uh, our guest who we have on the um, episode today. Um, I would like to introduce uh, Jeremy Minerick with RSC Electrical. Uh, Jeremy, how are you? Doing well. Good. Uh, there we go. We can see a little better. Um, so, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about RSC. RSC is a um, construction and service company. We have two divisions. Um, I dabble in both sides of that division. I primarily handle the construction side. I'm a project manager on the construction side, but I kind of morph back and forth. Um, we kind of pride ourselves on the service side of responding as quickly as we can. Pretty much if, if it needs to be, it's an emergency and we will you know, shuffle and get that handled as quickly as we can. And obviously offering the best customer service, clean, neat technicians, you know, and respectful, obviously try to be as professional as possible. Yeah. And we can vouch for that. Your speed on, on emergencies has been um, amazing and really helped us in a lot of instances where uh, they were true emergencies. Um, so uh, electrical, I was looking at some electrical statistics and I was um, shocked to see that home electrical fires account for an estimated 51,000 fires um, each year and about 500 deaths. Um, so electrical is a big deal and a, um, a big uh, place of liability for a property owner. So I wanted to talk with you today about um, some common causes of um, outages in houses and some electrical issues that you've seen in our rental properties or other properties and kind of uh, just go over a few things that can help our landlords or uh, homeowners. So um, a call that Randy gets a lot is partial outages in a house where, you know, like the basement will be out or half the living room. Um, what is the typical cause of a partial outage in a home? Honestly, it's got a lot to do with the connections in the, within the system out within the house. We see a lot of poor splices or where the wires are all connected together. If those aren't tight, uh, over time, they'll sit there, they'll arc, they cause heat, they'll eventually melt the connectors that are on them, and then that opens a circuit. So which, then you've got to try to investigate and find that in the house, which can be an adventure sometimes. <laughs> yes. What about when, uh, <laughs> what about when you uh, find a arcing um, outlet or a switch and you pull it off and someone has used tinfoil as a, uh, <laughs> as a uh, connector? Is that safe? Yeah, no, no. Tinfoil is metal that conducts electricity. It's very unsafe. Um, it's very, very important to use the proper connectors. And sometimes when we get into these houses, some of the things that we have found, how people throughout the years have remedied stuff, they, it's interesting to say the least. We have seen, we've never seen tinfoil, but duct tape we've seen quite a bit. People taking duct tape the connectors together. So Okay. Yeah. No duct tape either. No. Um, okay. Uh, let's discuss some troubleshooting tips for tenants. If they're having like their bathroom without power or um, they come home and it looks like the power's out, but all the other uh, houses have power, what are some troubleshooting tips for them? Obviously, you can go down first start at the breaker box, start where the source of the power comes in. Um, checking all those breakers to make sure. I mean, some of them, when they trip, they're supposed to go to the halfway location, but some breakers don't. So kind of going through and even just flipping on and or flipping a breaker completely off and then turning every one of them back on to see if that helps restore power. Um, the other thing is, is checking every GFI within the house. Sometimes a GFI on the outside of the house might control the bedroom, depending on how it's been 
rewired and whatnot. And on some of these older homes, it, it really could be anywhere. So that's the, the basic thing. Check your breaker box, check all the GFIs, walk around the outside of the house, walk through the bathrooms, anywhere you see a GFI and test them and make sure that they are holding. So okay. Jeremy, at what point would you recommend calling DTE? If you've done all those things, at what point should you call DTE or call an electrician? Um, obviously, you know, starting with us, cause it might be an issue of, like we said about the bad spices within the wall and stuff. And it, you know, honestly for a tenant to open up a, a box in the, you know, downstairs and put a tester on it, that obviously is not recommended. We leave that to a licensed professional, but, um, it, honestly the calls to DTE, it doesn't cost anything. If you're in question, they'll come out, they'll check. Um, if I was in question, maybe you can check on their website. It'll show where the outages are, you know, typically the map, see if you're within that map and, you know, just kind of go from there, kind of use your best judgment. And if you're questioning whether or not you paid your bill, maybe start there. <laughs> we have actually had that one that a customer did not pay his bill, but swore he paid his bill and wanted us to handle it. I think yeah. it was actually in one of your guys' properties. Sounds like actually, it. Sounds, sounds like it. He, he yelled at us quite fiercely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the power outage that in the basement that we sent you to? What did that end up being? Out in um, that was burnt out light bulbs. So that one was, I thought we messed up actually, because we sent a guy out there like, no, the power's good. And then we got the call back, which my guy should have checked the light bulbs, but it was like, there was like nine lights. Yeah, and seven of them were burned out. Hands. Yeah, that was hilarious. But hey, better <laughs> safe yeah, than yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we talked a little bit about this, but I just want to have you elaborate. What are some dangerous things that you've seen in rental homes or some, you know, maybe um, not so safe repairs that have been made when people cut corners? Um, you know, what if, what are some dangerous things you've found? Well, I say one, especially coming into the cold season, like we are electric heaters are just flat out dangerous, especially if you're not you know, I have an electric heater in my house. I know what the circuiting is and that it's safe, but some people they'll take like the multi strips and they'll plug. I've seen, we just were at one like two weeks ago. They had three heaters plugged off from one multi strip. So they're, it's just the circuits flat aren't rated for that many, that much amperage to be pulled through there. It can call, I mean, they, a lot of times they'll trip a breaker and they just keep resetting it, which makes the heat build up. So if you got a breaker, it's tripping over and over again. Typically, there's a problem. Um, and then just untrained um, people working on the system that maybe think yeah. they know what's going on. But the, the key is, is it takes a lot of training to become a professional electrician and know the ins and outs of that. So it'd be very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And I uh, understand that landlords and owners a lot of times want to try to save money when it comes to their maintenance costs. But um, uh, 100% agree that electrical is not one of the places that you want to cut corners and to try to save some money and definitely use a professional. Um, so could you explain some of our older properties? Um, this question comes up a lot. What is the difference between a grounded and an ungrounded outlet? Well, so a, your typical in the modern houses, you have grounded outlets. There's three conductors. So you have a hot, a neutral, and then that bare ground wire that goes back to the panel. And what that does is that creates a path. If there is a fault, instead of it coming through you, it's going to pick the easiest path, which is that bare ground wire. And so that sends it back to the panel that disperses to earth, basically. There's wires and things that go to earth and it helps keep that safe. Um, in older homes, they didn't have that system. It's just a two-wire system. So all you have is a hot neutral. It's missing that ground wire in there. So 
do you recommend um, if in, uh, someone's purchasing a home and uh, for whatever reason it's uh, has ungrounded outlets or maybe it's been in the family for a long time and it's just not been a problem, is it something that you recommend upgrading? Well, it, there's a couple different ways to fix it. Um, and by code, there's a couple different ways to fix it. I've seen a lot of people, the wrong way to fix it is to just take one of the three prong outlets and install it in the device into the outlet so you have three prongs you technically don't because that ground wire is missing even though it appears you do have it. Um, so that is not the proper fix, but they do allow us to actually go and you can purchase the old two wire receptacles at the store and you can install those or the other proper way and probably the way I recommend, it's a little pricier, but you can add GFCI receptacles into those outlets. And what that does is that creates, if there's, it senses between the hot and neutral if it sees a difference in voltage coming through there, it trips. So if, for instance, if you start to get shocked, it sees that it's losing some voltage into you, and then that circuit trips out and it cuts all the power. So that that way you kind of maintain, it creates a ground, essentially. Okay. That's very good to know. Mm -hmm. um, so we talked about them a little bit. I just want to reiterate. So landlords can reduce liability when it comes to electrical by always using licensed insured electricians for their work, um, having a regular uh, electrical inspection. Do you, uh, does RFC offer electrical inspections if an owner is worried about that? We do. We've actually done on some, um, with some of our customers, if they purchase new homes, we'll go in before the purchase and do a quick walk around. Look at the, the big, um, the big expensive thing would be like your electrical panel and the meter and all the wiring on the outside of the house. That can be kind of a big ticket thing. So we'll go in there and inspect that to see that it's up to code, um, that it's safe, and then kind of go through the house and just kind of, we don't really take a lot of stuff apart. We might look in a couple boxes just to see the error of the wiring and how it's holding up, but just to kind of get an idea of where it's, the house is sitting. Yeah, and that probably gives the buyer a little bit of peace of mind in addition to the regular home inspection. Um, right. And then my last thing um, that I just want to reiterate with you on here is that uh, we have to take electrical complaints seriously. Um, in the past, uh, there have been instances where we've had a tenant who just loves to put in maintenance requests. They're putting them in all the time. And so sometimes we get that kind of crying wolf. Uh, feeling when they call about something. But we had an uh, instance, um, I believe, uh, where we had you guys come out, a tenant who had put in uh, a few maintenance requests recently said that they had like sparks or like fire shooting out of their outlet. And, you know, um, we had the crying wolf feeling like, okay, yeah, okay. All right, well, let's get it checked out. But then you went out and there actually was <laughs> sparks coming out of the outlet, right? It, it was actually. And I, I have a picture of that on my phone. It was actually, I just saw it the other day and the, the outlet was half melted, like completely gone. So yeah, it definitely, that was a legitimate issue yeah. <laughs> and it's yes. a good thing that they called us. And that's one of those things where it's just a reminder that you have to handle, you have to take every request. You don't know which, which request is going to be the one that burns the house down. So you have to handle all electrical complaints seriously. And um, we appreciate having you as one of our vendors. Um, we definitely, um, you know, vouch for uh, how great you guys are and uh, appreciate you being part of our team. Um, so thank you so much for being a guest today. It was really great information uh, and we appreciate having you. Very good. Well, we appreciate working for your company, too. It's nice to work with a legitimate, you know, management company. There's all sorts out there. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. 
Okay, so uh, Randy, this was a fun episode. Um, I think I got I learned something new. I appreciated yeah. Jeremy on it. Um, so uh, now it's time for our maintenance minute, which is the segment in which Randy will uh, give us a uh, a tip to help with uh, some maintenance. So we will uh, play that here. Hello, RMO Maintenance. Oh, slow down, slow down. Just give me a minute. Has this ever happened to you? Chances are it's your GFCI outlet. GFCI stands for Ground Fault Circuit Interrupter. What a GFCI outlet does is if there's an issue or too much power is being pulled out of the outlet, it will trip, causing the outlet to be disabled. Depending on how the outlet is hooked up inside the wall, it could be just a single outlet or it could be several outlets down the line. GFCI outlets are found in the kitchen, in the garage, laundry areas, basement sub pumps, exterior outlets, and of course in the bathroom. Do you mind? Resetting a GFCI is pretty easy. You just have to push the reset button. Ways to prevent your GFCI from tripping is by simply not using so much power out of that outlet. If you have a persistent issue with that outlet, you may need to have it looked at by a professional. Well, it looks like my minute is up. Remember, when you're working with RMO, we're gonna figure your problem out together. Oh, I'm getting a call. Yep, I gotta take this. RMO Maintenance, this is Randall. All right, awesome tip, Randy. I appreciated that. Uh, it was so nice having you on uh, and giving our viewers a kind of an inside to the maintenance side of property management. You were entertaining and great as always. Uh, I look forward to having you on future podcasts. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. This episode of Managing the Mitten brought to you by RSC Electrical, leader in quality electrical contracting, focusing on service, dependability, and safety. Rental Management One is a full-service property management company managing properties throughout the state of Michigan. For more information, check out our website at www.rentalmanagementone.com.